One of the words that God has dropped into my heart for 2011 is this word, alignment. And we're going to be talking about some of those things, I think, on New Year's Eve and however the Spirit of the Lord leads. But I believe that 2011 is going to be a glorious year. Say this with me, my best days, my my most glorious days days are ahead of me. Some of you are going to have to pinch yourself and say, is this really me? (laughs) Especially some of your relatives and some people that are around you a lot of of the times. And knowing some of the things that you've been through, God begins to turn things around. Before they get the news, they're going to see a difference on the countenance of your face. They're going to say what's happened. And you're going to be able to tell them of the goodness of the Lord. And you're going to be able to tell them, you know, God has done this for me. He has turned this around for me. And he's no respecter of persons. What he's done for me, he will absolutely do for you. Amen? Say it again. My best days, my most glorious days are ahead of me. I would much rather say that and believe that and say things are just going to get worse. I would much rather align my tongue with what God has already said in His Word, side in with Him, believe that, say that, act like it's true, and set things in motion for them to become a reality in my life. Your tongue is like a rudder. It's like the bit in the horse's mouth. It determines the direction of your life. If you do not like what you're having in life, change what you're saying. Change what you're believing. Change how you are acting. And as you change those things, the world in which you live in will begin to change. Because it is through faith that we glean an understanding that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made out of things which do appear. Everything in this world was made by the spoken word of our creator, God himself. Everything. He is a God who operates under the system of his word. And his words. And he has made you and made me in his likeness. Called and created to be beings that speak and declare what he has spoken and what he has declared about us. Man is a spirit being and man is a spirit which speaks. When you speak God's word, you do not speak it from your head. You speak it from your heart, from your innermost being. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a physical body. And as a spirit being under God's system of words, we are created to speak words filled with faith. You and I 
are a speaking spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Speaking the word. Which is life. Which is health. Which is designed to bring to pass in your life. What has been spoken out of your spirit. So it is important what we deposit in our heart. Because what we deposit in our heart will come out of our mouth. And what comes out of our mouth will come to pass. If it is believed and spoken long enough to where the course of nature begins to flow in that direction, it will come to pass. So it is important what we put in our heart. What we hear, what we see. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Did you get that? Out of the abundance. In other words, whatever's in you in abundance is going to flow out of your mouth. It just can't help but do that. That's the way we're made. That is the way we are created. Hallelujah. And so God spoke through the prophets. And he said, a son is coming. His name shall be called Wonderful. He shall be called Prince of Peace. The Everlasting Father. The mighty God. And he spoke and he said, A virgin shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You shall call his name Jesus, which is the name above every name. So as you are calling those things that be not as though they were, do so in the name and in the authority of Jesus Christ. Because His name is above every name. And it qualifies you in the realm of the Spirit to speak words that are full of faith, full of love, full of joy, and full of light. Thank you, Lord. In the book of Micah, the prophets prophesied about a place that the master himself would be born. And that place was called Bethlehem. And Bethlehem in the Hebrew is literally the house of bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Man shall not live by natural bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, heavenly bread. The bread of heaven. 
Jesus said, if you do not eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot partake of my life. He was speaking figuratively when he said, I'm the bread of life. The word of God is bread. It is a staple to your soul. Now, we all enjoy some good bread in the natural. But bread that stays on the table may look good. May be something that we'd like to have, but until we slice it and butter it and put it in our mouths, that bread will become ineffective. We can sell bread. We can see bread. We can share bread. But until we eat bread, the bread will do us no good. We can talk about the Word. We can rejoice about the Word. We can have 26 translations of the Word. But until that Word gets off the coffee table, into our heart, spoken out of our mouth, we're not truly eating of the bread of life. Jeremiah said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And your word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Tempted to be down, I got the antidote. Get in the word, get happy, and get full of joy. And not only full of joy, but full of strength. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Jesus said the words that I speak unto you. These words are spirit and they are life. Life unto all those that find them. Health to all their flesh. So heart of the bay, incline thine ear to his sayings. Don't let the word depart from before your eyes. Feast upon the manna. The bread from heaven. And this bread from heaven will strengthen you and will enable you to go along the path of life with joy and with strength. Somebody said, yes, Pastor Mark, but these are difficult times without a doubt. But difficult times Do not dictate your victory. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Feed on the bread. Get happy. Get strong. Be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. In the last days. There will be perilous times. There will be times of difficulty. But our peace is not dictated by times of difficulty. We have peace in the midst of the storm. 
In Luke chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, let's look at that this morning. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth is going to speak. I know that to be true. Because what's in me in abundance is coming out right now. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 1 and verse 2, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Now that was all of the known world in that day, specifically the Roman Empire. Verse 2. And this taxing was made first when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. As I was meditating upon this, I know and understand this, this was not just a registration or a census that was to determine the population of the Roman Empire at that time, but this was also a taxing. In other words, they were going to be charging people so that they could build up the Roman Empire, so that they could have much money on hand to do whatever they wanted to do. But notice specifically in verse 2 that little word, taxing. There was taxing taking place. In looking up the word taxing, the word taxing means to lay a burden upon. It was a burden for Joseph and Mary to go up to Bethlehem from Nazareth. The scripture says that she was with great child. Great child is nine months plus. Ready to be delivered. This journey was 80 to 100 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The Bible says they went up several, several feet above sea level. It was a track. And they did not go up in a limo. Most likely, they went up in a donkey. And as they were going up, Joseph and Mary are making the track. It was a very taxing time for them. She was to give birth to the Son of God and had never known a man. Explain that in the city square. Explain that to your friends in junior high. But they kept moving and kept going in spite of the tax. In spite of the burden. In spite of the difficulty. Many of you in 2010 have been taxed. But by God's grace, some way, somehow, you've made it to the end. 
And it seemed on certain days for all of us that we were climbing and that we were going up to Bethlehem. But we knew that once we got there, it would be worth the trip. A burden was laid upon you. Something perhaps you did not plan on. Something maybe that you did not see coming. But nonetheless, it showed up in your life. And at that point, you have the choice either to rejoice and keep moving or go to bed and get depressed and pull the sheets over your head. The Bible says we can choose life. And that death and life are in the power of the tongue. In spite of it all, we can speak what God said. And we can keep pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Was it not a high call upon Mary? You and I have a high call. But in and on the road to our Bethlehem, it can be taxing. But in Psalms 55 and in verse 22, and I want you to look at that and let's pull it up. Here's what you and I must do during times of tax. Psalm 55 and verse 22 says this, Cast your burden upon the Lord. If you've come in with burdens today, give them to Jesus before you leave. And don't take them back once you walk out the door. That word cast is not just, you know, cast is fling. Cast is hurl. Cast your burden upon the Lord. And the promise is, is that he will sustain you. And he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. There is sustenance for you. As you live a life of freedom from the care and the weights of the taxing times that you face. Is life fair? Absolutely not. Do we understand everything about everything? Absolutely not. But one thing that we know for sure is that our Redeemer lives. One thing we know for sure... His love is everlasting. His hand will never leave us. His spirit is upon us. His peace is within us. And the spirit of God moves in us to keep moving in spite of difficulty. (coughs) So don't rehearse your burdens to one another. Cast your burdens on the Lord. Find a friend to share with. Find a friend to pray with. And for those that are weak, 
those that are strong need to bear up them in prayer and help them. He will sustain you. He will sustain me. But Pastor Mark, I don't see any way. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. The windows of heaven are open. The doors of opportunity are opening. It is a new day for those who will leave their burden in the hands of the Lord. For his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. You should not be carrying the care of your loved ones. You should not be carrying the care and the weight of this world on your shoulders. The Hallelujah. The Bible says the government shall be upon his shoulders. Luke chapter 2 verse 3. And four and five. Let's look at that. Luke chapter two, verse three, verse four, and verse five. And Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of Bethlehem. Because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for him in the inn. There was no room because everyone was coming there to be taxed. So they found a little cave, if you will. And they put him in a manger, which was a feeding trough. And the word of God says that she brought forth her firstborn... And the Son of the Most High was born from heaven. His name is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is God for us. And in the New Testament we find that He is God in us. And verse 8. And there were in the same country... Shepherds abiding in the field. And they were keeping watch over the flock by night. Some say that they were keeping watch over sacrificial lambs. For temple worship. Because in that day, they had to offer up animals as a sacrifice to atone for their sins. I think it's interesting that the angels did not come. To the Sadducees. The angels did not come to the Pharisees. The angels did not come to the political leaders of that day, but they came to the outcasts of that day. 
When you think of shepherd in the Bible, think of carnival worker. Think of gypsy. Think of a nomadic tribe. It is fitting that the announcement came to those that in the natural were of lesser means to those all around them. When Princess Diana gave birth to her two sons, I believe it's Harry and William, they did not go announce it to the fishmongers. They did not go announce it to the cab drivers of London. Come to, where is it that the palace is? Windsor? Come to Windsor or come to Buckingham and and see there's an invitation just for you. No, if there were invitations that went out, it was on gold leaf. And it was to the astute. And to the rabbis and to the political leaders of that day. I mean, imagine if you're God. Would you want to? Announce the coming of the Most High to shepherds? That's why it's a good thing you're not God. I'll answer that one for you. And you might be feeling like an outcast today, you might be feeling like a loser. But I want to remind you that in God and through God, He sees no man or no woman as a loser. He sees people through the blood of His cross. He sees people not as they are, but what they might be. Hallelujah. Now let's pick this up. The angel in verse 9 of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord. It shone round about them and they were sore afraid. I guess so. I mean, the glory of God. They're out there at night keeping watch over the flock and all of a sudden the Shekinah shows up. Jesus was born in a supernatural atmosphere. Everything about the master is supernatural. Even over there in Isaiah 9, 6, where his name shall be called Wonderful, the root of that wonderful is miracle. You could say that his name shall be called Miracle. The virgin birth was a miracle. Turning the water into wine was a miracle. Going about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil was a miracle. Feeding the multitudes was a miracle. Going to the cross and being raised from the dead was a miracle. The Holy Ghost coming upon them in the upper room and them speaking in tongues and going into the streets and ministering by the power of God where 3,000 people got saved that day was a 
the whole book of Acts, you see miracle upon miracle upon miracle. And the religious people of this day say that miracles are passed away. I don't think so. Because our God is still alive. He's still on the... Hallelujah. He is still on the throne. His life was miracle upon miracle. His death, His burial, His resurrection was a miracle. The Holy Spirit coming to take charge of the church was a miracle. Miracles throughout the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is still being written today. I believe in miracles. Just put a plug in for my Wednesday night services. They were afraid, in verse 10, and the angel said unto them, Fear not. Why? Because I'm bringing you good news, and the good news that I'm bringing is designed to bring great joy into your life. Listen, friends, the good news of the gospel brings joy. And the angel said to the shepherd, The news that I'm giving to you shall be not only for you, but it's going to go across the board, and it's going to be for all people everywhere. And here's the good news that the angel preached. The angel said, for unto you, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Three things there. Number one, this is for you. This is personal. Secondly, this day. Now is the day of salvation. And then thirdly, three things within the third thing. And that is this. A Savior is coming today. He is the Christ, the anointed one. Designed to remove your burdens and to destroy your yokes. And He is the Lord. Part of the bay unto you. This day. A Savior. The Anointed One. The Lord. What more could you ask for? You got one who saves you from your sins. Saves you from disease. You've got an anointed one named Christ. To enable you to live a victorious life. And we can proclaim he is Lord. And the angel said, now notice. He says, I don't want you guys to be afraid whatsoever. Because there's one coming. That is born this day unto you. Who will ultimately destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And the scripture says you do not need to live your life afraid anymore. Everyone say no more fear three times. No more fear. So he says, get happy about that, guys. Don't be afraid. When we come to the understanding that Jesus Christ has been born 
to destroy the works of the enemy? We'll get happy. Why'd you come, Jesus? I've come that you might have life. And I've come that you might have it more abundantly. Why'd you come, Jesus? Well, for this purpose I was born. That I might destroy the works of the devil. And so the angel says to the shepherds, guys, don't be afraid. Rejoice because your deliverer is born today. Now listen, how much more should we rejoice because we've been born again? He was born so you could be born again. And now that you're born again, guess what? We have nothing to fear. Oh, sure, opportunities to fear will knock every day. Fear is a joy robber. I mean, when's the last time you got really afraid and felt all of the symptoms of fear and was happy about it? No. You didn't get happy about it. Because there's nothing good about fear. And that's why God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear but a power and a love and a sound mind. Amen. And that's why Isaiah 41.10, let's pull it up there. We need to rejoice a little bit. Let's get happy in the scriptures today. Yeah. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not. Yeah. Why? Because I'm with you. Yeah. Be not dismayed. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Oh, thank you, Lord. Don't be afraid. Cast your care upon me. That's what the Lord is saying. For I love you. The Lord's saying, don't be careful about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto him. Live a life free from fear because your life free from fear has been bought and paid for by the one who was born in Bethlehem. By the one who grew in wisdom and in stature. By the one who displayed the goodness of God every day of his life. By the one who said, my God, my God, why has forsaken me? By the one who was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Fear not. That's what the message of Christmas is all about to me. It's not being afraid. Is facing our future with confidence and facing our future with faith. Amen. Verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for I bring unto you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, read verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Read verse 14 again. So in other words, give God glory. Why? Because on earth, there's peace. 
peace has come. And on earth, there will be goodwill toward men. Now listen very carefully. Goodwill, we could say, is God's will. Because God is good. So we could say from this scripture that God's will is there be peace on earth. And what peace on earth there, it's not discussing the absence of conflict. You know, in some of these movies, and they had beauty contests, and all of these people that were in the contest, and what do you hope for? Peace on earth. And what do you hope for? Peace on earth. I got news for you. There's never going to be that kind of peace. Never on earth. Not until Jesus comes. The Middle East is heating up. And no matter who's in office, Democrat, Republican, we cannot figure it out with our head. The culmination of all times is going to come to pass soon and very soon. But before that happens, I believe we're going to be raptured. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be some difficulties while we're still here. What that means is greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. Glory to God in the highest. Peace. It is the will of God. It's not the absence of conflict. People compromise to try to keep peace. The solution for some for peace is to get a divorce. The solution for others to maintain peace on the job is to quit because the boss is a jerk. No, this peace that passes understanding that the Bible speaks about heaven's peace for those that are on earth. Heaven's peace for us that are going through the valley of the shadow of death on earth. A peace that passes understanding. Listen, a peace that is absolutely independent of circumstance. And that's the kind of peace that the Prince of Peace brings to you. How many of you have just been in some really, really tough situations before in life? But how many of you can testify this day in this church that even in the middle of that, you had peace? Just somehow, some way, you just, that's right, you just knew that everything going to be all right. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know why, but I just know in my knower. Everything. It's going to be all right. Come on, saints. Get happy about that. It's going to be all right. Glory, glory, glory. Free from fear. Full of joy. And full of the peace of God. In Romans 5, 1, in the New Living Translation, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Because of what Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. John 14, 27, Jesus said, My peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. 
But this peace is not as the world gives. It is a peace that is right there with you in your time of need. And in closing, let's read verse 15 through 20 together. Did you get it today? Verse 15 of of Luke chapter 2. And I want us to read through verse 20 and we'll be done. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste. They didn't delay. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they had, they had noise abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Verse 18. And all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Well, listen, my brothers and sisters, you may not be shepherds, but you've heard the same thing and you've seen the goodness of God. So get up and rejoice and thank Him today for what He has done and what He has said in His Word. Everyone stand to your feet. Glory to God. Glory, glory. Come on, somebody. Let's thank Him. Unto you, this day, a Savior. Praise the Lord. Woo, glory. Don't be afraid. Because I brought good news to you this morning. It's news of great joy. Hallelujah. It's news of great joy. It's good news. It brings joy. And you know what? I believe right now, and I prophesy this over you, God, just let your peace fall upon your people. Go ahead and put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you or take the hand of the person next to you. I know that there's plenty of stress available for you this week. I know it can be a very time of difficulty, but Father, we're calling out for you right now. We're calling out to the Most High God. Father, in the name of Jesus, let heaven's peace fill our souls. Lord, we cast our burdens on you, Lord. Now lift your hands up and declare this with me, Lord, I cast all my burdens, all my cares, all my anxieties. I hurl them over to you. And I believe that this day at 1154 a.m., the sustaining power, peace from heaven, and the joy of the Lord takes over right now. Oh, we need to do some rejoicing today. Glory to God. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woo! (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's sing something. In a minute, I'm going to give an invitation. And if there's an absence of peace in your life, it may be that you will let that peace depart from you just by getting out of fellowship with God. There is no greater present than you can give Jesus this day than yourself. And there's no greater present than He can give you is the gift of eternal life. He's your Savior. He's your Deliverer. And so this morning, when we sing this song through and do a little bit of rejoicing, I'm going to invite those of you to come to the Master. Go ahead.